Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to this week's Geek Town Radio. We're on episode 40, believe it or not, and uh, today I have with me Chris. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. You all right? Yes, yes, I, I'm very well. Uh, I'm good. I'm, I've had a very good day, so... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> no, nothing to do with the large, large uh, Fallout 4 package that turned up today at all, no, absolutely nothing to do with that. <laughs> Which you came downstairs and rubbed in my face, <laughs> literally. Yes, yes, look, look what I've got. <laughs> yes, I had uh, I had the delivery of my uh, uh, the uh, Pit Boy edition of uh, Fallout Four, which comes with the actual Pit Boy that you can put a phone in and uh, and use as the, the uh, secondary screen. So um, yes, I was very happy with that. It's very cool. <laughs> so, very jealous. Very and, jealous. And uh, and I have Fallout Four ready to to sort of go and load up on the computer. I, I suspect there's going to be a substantial download to go with it, but I don't want to run it while I'm do, recording the podcast as well. So, so, so we'll do this and then I'll install it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to this week? Um, oh, well, I've been ha- helping Adam with his theatre show. Yes. Well, I say helping out, I've just been doing a, bit, a couple of bits and pieces on, on his set and stuff like that. So, so yeah, because that's uh, tomorrow and th- Wednesday and Thursday this week. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've finally purchased The Witcher. Uh, Wild Hunt on PS4 um, because it was down on offer at game for like 25 quid uh, and I wanted it for ages but just couldn't justify yeah. paying that much money for it. Um, so I'm going through that at the moment um, and it's a, I'm finding it a bit hit and miss. Like last night I really got into it um, but sometimes I just can't. It's a bit slow. Yeah. Um, like doing stuff and there's a lot of load time and there's a lot of cinematics and there's just a lot of reading and I'm just I like reading <laughs> as you know I'm not against reading um it just no, you don't buy a video game for reading <laughs> I've got books for that and that's yeah. what I do in the morning so so yeah so battling way through that I've gone back on to Gotham because that's on Netflix so I'm making my way through season one of that oh cool um, and I've just finished um, season one of How to Get Away with Murder as yes. well, which is fantastic and absolutely yes. loved it. So, so, you, so yeah, it's been uh, been a good good week. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? Well, yes, um, gaming wise, I I went through. Oh yes, I played until dawn. 
um, this week. Ah, yeah. yeah. Um, having had all sorts of problems trying to get it to download to the PS4 last week. But uh, but yeah, after we did the interview with um, Jason Graves, who writes the music for Until Dawn, uh, and we he was on the show last week. So uh, I decided I was I was going to go and. Uh, play through it and um, I've been through it once so far I haven't been back and played through it again it it took me for a weekend to get through the whole lot but you're not seeing the whole story doing that because there's right. there's like it, it's, in, it's specifically designed so um, it has this thing called the butterfly effect where the you know you can do something kind of fairly tiny like you know start an argument with one of the characters and that may um have them change their attitude towards you so maybe they don't open the door for you later when you need them to and you've got things chasing after you you know the storyline's pretty good um i i kind of guessed where it was going before we got there but um you know i mean it, it's using kind of standard teen horror tropes really yeah um but uh, I, yeah, I, I kind of, I, I guess some of it anyway. Um, but I really quite enjoyed it. I think you know, it's it's well acted, it's well put together. There's there's quite a lot of walking around, um, but the the kind of gimmick thing, the butterfly effect thing, is really nicely put together, and it does make you want to go back and go. Well, I wonder what would have happened if I'd done this yeah. or if I'd done that. So um, I, I managed to get out with. I think there's a group of nine characters and I got out with five, I think. Okay. Which wasn't too bad. Uh, and the points where I lost people, I mainly lost them due to just being not fast enough on the buttons. Um, yeah. You know, or hitting the wrong button. It wasn't yeah. really due, due to any of the um, uh, decisions as I'd made yeah. uh, in, in terms of the butterfly stuff. So uh, I, I was quite satisfied with that it was you know i did lose a couple of people but there's various ways people can die of course so i i don't know if i'd gone down a different route i might have lost somebody else in a different way so yeah i, I don't know um yeah i but but i it's worth getting definitely one worth getting if you've got a ps4 it's uh it's worth investing some time in um yeah. I, I do fancy going through it again i think i might because uh, i've picked that up a couple of times um because i played uh, I think it's Beyond Two Souls with, oh, yeah. I want to say, Ellen Page. Mm. Uh, yes. Which I really enjoyed, actually. But then, although not to that extent, but there were decisions once you made the decisions, then that was it sort of thing. Yeah. But I, once I'd done it once, I just didn't re- it didn't really inspire me enough to go back and play it again. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to try something like that. But I'm not very, I love my horror films, but I'm really bad with the scary games. Like horror films, completely fine. Games, can't do them. They just scare me too much. Yeah, I mean, this... <laughs> so, it- um, it's it's actually not too bad. It, it's it's only as bad as a horror movie. I would have said. Um, uh, there's a few kind of jumps and and stuff in it, but there's nothing overly gory or you know. Um, uh, the, there's there's nothing too bad. I wouldn't have said. Yeah. And it's, it's it, I nice. think you'd be okay with it. Um, Thanks. <laughs> and certainly certainly once you've, you you want to play through it once. And, and you kind of know who the characters are and what sort of things are likely to happen. Yeah. It, it's certainly much less scary the second time you go through it because you know what things are and stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I, I was playing that quite a lot. quite enjoyed that. Um, there was a little game I play. I, I downloaded last night, actually, because I was looking for something to play last night, and this was like a fiver. And uh, it's a game on Steam called Mini Metro. 
and you're basically putting together little metro, uh, little um, underground maps, <laughs> um, and it creates a. You're, you're trying to sort of make sure that you're creating and linking the stations in a way that you're not kind of upsetting the passengers by leaving them mm. waiting for so long. But it's 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 really nicely done. It is literally done as drawing out underground maps. Um, so it's 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 all done with kind of coloured lines and in that particular kind of graphic style, um, yeah. and it's really simplistic in the way it's put together, but um, infuriating, but but brilliantly done. I really rather enjoyed that. It was a great kind of thing you could pick up for like you know ten minutes and play for yeah. it and then kind of put it down again. You know, I I really quite enjoyed that. I had quite a lot of fun with that last night. But you um, just like building crap <laughs> well i do whether it's, whether it's prisons or people's lives yeah, yeah no well that that is true i do like i do like building games but this was quite a nice it's a puzzle game really more yeah, than a yeah. building game so yeah so uh, because you you're dealing basically with circle squares uh, and colored lines you know so um because it, it's done in that flat kind of graphic style so so it's it's uh it's more of a kind of puzzle game to to sort of make sure that people aren't waiting at stops for too long um yeah but yeah, I, I really quite enjoyed that. It's called Mini Metro, um, and okay. I think it was about five quid, so it's uh, it's fairly cheap to pick up. Cool. Um, I don't think what else has been around this week. Uh, TV wise, um, second episode of Supergirl I watched. Um, have you caught any of Supergirl yet? I still not watched Supergirl because I wanted to watch it and then Adam kind of rolled his eyes at me just to go, <laughs> oh, not watching Supergirl because it's going to be Supergirl. Yeah. Um, so I do need to, I do need to watch that. Is it, is it any good? Is it worth watching? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's worth watching. Um, it's, Similar in tone to something like Flash, probably Flash more than Arrow. Um, yeah. It's it's far lighter than than the others. Uh, it's got slightly more comedic bent to it, I guess. Um, yeah. uh, it's I don't know. It it's one of those things that I I think will improve as it go, goes through. I think the mm. first season they're gonna they're gonna trip over themselves a little bit, but but it's um, I, I think it's worth a look definitely um okay. it, it's very much in that same sort of vein as the um as as arrow and flat you can tell it's part of of you know it's from those guys and it's part of that whole universe yeah. so um even though there's no crossover but uh it, it's still good it's still good I, I i think that's that's worth picking up um cool. so i've been enjoying that homeland as well which is again just doing brilliantly well i love claire yeah. Danes in that show she's so good in that um so that's been really good uh did you see there was a couple more star wars trailers leaked out yes or came the, out. The, Jap the japanese one the yeah japanese. Had, uh, yes had loads of extra stuff in it why was that have they explained why the japanese one N no it, it just randomly they they had a completely different you know, take and cut of it. Well, I assume they just thought it would sell better to the Japanese audience that particular way. But um, so yeah, and there's been a few TV spots as well. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the the certainly the shot of uh, of Kylo Ren um, with the the lightsaber right at um, uh, uh, Ray's throat. I, yes, I thought it was superb. There's, I I'm so excited for that movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be good. So yeah, can't wait for that. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. The um the, they announced today as well. But yeah, the, there's been that thing um 
going around the hashtag for the the force for Daniel thing. Um, I was the, just about to mention that. Yeah, yeah, but a poor poor guy passed away uh, today, but um, or la- sometime in the last couple of days. But at least you know they it, they got to see it, which was his final yeah. request, and he got to do it. So um, cancer sucks, but um, you know I, I, at least he got his his final wish. So yeah, so yeah. I think I mean that's so. I think it's amazing of JJ Abrams and the team to have to have done that. I just think yeah. it's yeah. I mean you see like you see like, like the pictures of of the Castle Mar uh, the, the Marvel films when they go into um the hospitals and stuff and when they did there was um didn't oh, what's uh, Robert Downey Jr. went to a hospital and gave a kid like yes the, the, the kid the, the arm actual Iron Man arm yeah. because he'd lost his arm and stuff. Yeah. Um but I think that the Star Wars one was yeah, it, quite emotional that was. Yeah. I was looking at the reading the stories today, and I think um, the replica forum had shared like his wife's posts and stuff like that. And it's just, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, it really is. So it, it was is. just fantastic that they did that. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, he, the guy was only what thirty years old or something, or thirty four yeah. or something like that. Um, you know, you know, it's a terrible when things like that happen but you know i i i'm i'm glad that that he got at least something that he wanted quite desperately yeah. to do before it, before yeah. he went so so yes that's that's really good um the the other trailer that's been out as well this uh, this week do you see the warcraft trailer landed yes yeah. yes it's- that was slightly unfortunate the warcraft trailer landed on exactly the same day that uh, warcraft announced that they would no longer be announcing what their um their subscriber numbers are because their subscriber uh, numbers have dropped for the last sort of four times they've announced them uh they're that's down- what happens when you announce everything at blizzcon yes yeah <laughs> yeah that is so. true um i mean i think it looks really good i think it's it's looking kind of interesting and and uh they've certainly captured the uh world i would have said with that i think i think it does a really good job with that um yeah i'm looking forward to seeing more because it was a bit worrying that we hadn't seen anything from it um you know yeah, I, it, it kind of felt like it was just a rumor for so yeah. for so long because it's like yeah. one of those things of yeah uh, you know when they they released like fan-made posters and stuff like that and you yeah. get really excited about it and then you find out that it's a complete ploy and stuff like that. So it was starting to feel a little bit like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's come out and it, and it looks pretty spectacular. So that's going to mm-hmm. be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the thing is, it's funny with, though, with, with Blizzard, cause they're, they're kind of saying they're not announcing the subscriber numbers. They're down to like 5.5 million, but down to 5.5 million for an online game is still huge over like a lot of, yeah. you know, any other MMO. I mean, okay. Yeah. It'd been a f- like 15 million at some point so they've lost a lot but there's still mmos out there that would kill for those numbers that's it i mean you've got you've got legion coming out next year which is the next yeah um the next game and then they were asking i think they were asking fans of what they what fans want from warcraft 3 um you know what what they would want from from the next game sort of thing yeah um but i mean like you like we were on about the other day it's a game that has been around for a very very long time it's got to be over 10 years now surely i mean you know to 
maintain that that level of interaction to be bringing new new fans and gamers into it yeah. and maintaining old ones as well. I mean, it, that's a phenomenal feat for any online game. Yeah, um, totally. So, um, and to have not, I mean, I know there's been various updates and skill trees have changed and stuff like that, but the game itself hasn't changed that much. And I don't think there's a real need for it to, because it works. Yeah, yeah. It's well, that's just, it. I mean, it, it's, it was genre defining. I mean, I know EverQuest came before it, but I think there are things that are in um, World of Warcraft which completely defined that MMO genre for years. Um, and in some respects, that was a problem because everybody tried to copy that. Mm. But, and and now they're starting to try and break out and do other things. So, you know, there are, there is a bit more variation coming out and people actively yeah. not trying to be Warcraft, mm. but, um, but it became, that became this is what an MMO is. You know, this is how you play. Yeah. This is how you set the buttons up. This is, you know, it, it became that. That was what the MMO, uh, like, standard was. So, That's it. You know, That's and it, to yeah. do that is a phenomenal achievement. So, I'd be, I mean, I, I don't think it would will ever happen in honesty, but I'd be interested to see if they ever would venture onto console at all. Because, I mean, Elder Scrolls, works to an extent and mm. then you've got things like destiny and stuff like that so there's people are spending a lot more time playing online on, yeah. on consoles I, now. I think i think the next generation of it i i suspect will have consoles because mm. it, it would be silly of them at this point and with the size of company they are and the fact that they're um activision blizzards uh, you know, I, I think it would be silly of them not to have a console yeah. version of it. I, I can't believe that they'd try and do it without it at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and as you say, the the things like Skyrim and, uh, you know, uh, the, the Elder Scrolls stuff work really well, you know, on mm. console. So it's doable, you know. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, speak, speaking of those sort of games as well, the um, there was a little trailer that dropped for uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, the next Mass Effect game as well. Oh. Which um, it was only a tiny little thing. Has uh, Jennifer Hale as uh, the female Shepard narrating it, um, with her saying ending with sort of saying Shepard signing off, and uh, Bioware have confirmed that that is it for Shepard. That was literally a little thing just to sort of say, you know, that's it for Shepard now. Nice. Um, the, which we kind of knew that they were going to be telling a different story and it wasn't going to have Shepard in it um, for, for this next uh, set of games that they're, they're going mm. for, or I assume they're planning a set anyway. But uh, Andromeda wasn't going to have Shepard as the lead, so it's going to be a new set of characters. But that was just sort of, they did confirm that is... Yeah, Shepard signed off. It's going to be a new right. thing now. So, so yeah, um, I am looking forward to that as well. That being next year, I think that comes out. I need to go back to those because I think I think I downloaded a demo and played the demo, but I've I've never actually played them properly. So it's again, it's another one on my on my list. Maybe if I find it in the, oh, in the bar- bargain bin of game or something, <laughs> they are worth doing. They're really good. Those games, really, yeah. really good. Mass Effect. Um, so yes, that's that's all the stuff, the general kind of bits and pieces for I've been doing for the, for this week. Do you want to go on and do a few bits of news? Yeah, let's go on to it. Okay. First bit we have, um, which which is a tiny little story. James Murdoch um, 
uh, son of of the devil. Uh, he's uh, he's head of Fox in the US, and uh, he he actually at an investors call. This was he actually called the Minority Report TV show a disappointment, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, this uh, because he did it unprovoked apparently as well. <laughs> Nobody asked him what he thought of Minority Report. It came out as part of the investors' talk about how well they were doing financially and stuff. Right. And he he candidly referred to Minority Report as a disappointment without him even being questioned about the show. Um, so uh, we also we already know that it's been cut to ten episodes. But that, I mean that's basically dead that show now at yeah. this point. There is no chance on the planet that that is going to make it. To, to a renewal why they don't just officially cancel it I don't know but um, yeah that's that's most definitely dead but I thought that's harsh that's I mean you know the, the show's still still on air at the moment and, yeah. and for the head of the network to go yeah that was kind of disappointing that show <laughs> yeah you'd have thought you'd have thought that yeah they wouldn't slag off their own tv program totally you know uh, that that seems really quite harsh so um yes but then he is a murdoch so what do you expect um (laughs) uh so that was that was one little bit uh that came out uh this has got to come up for the weirdest news of the week week um Mariah Carey is apparently going to voice Commissioner Gordon in the Lego Batman movie (laughs) Right. <laughs> um, uh, that's Commissioner Gordon, as played uh, by um, you know your man in uh, Gotham, and uh, well, we assume it is. Uh, anyway, um, I, the the only thing I can think of is is that maybe they're going for a female Commissioner Gordon. Maybe they're using Barbara Gordon as as Commissioner uh, and not Jim, but. <laughs> If it's Jim Gordon, that's very weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, the, the Lego Batman movie has uh, Will Onet back as Batman, uh, Rosario Dawson as Batgirl, because they have got Batgirl in there. So yeah. if that, but then that might not be Barbara. It might be one of the other Batgirls. Um, Michael Cera as Robin, uh, Ralph Fiennes as um, Alfred, and Zach Galifianakis as... Um, joker in that apparently right. um, so interesting cast but i yeah it it's the most bizarre story um and you know everybody's quoting it as going why is she playing jim gordon but i am wondering if maybe it's not jim maybe they've put barbara in instead and that may be why or maybe she's just been smoking a lot and has a really deep gravelly voice yeah. these days. i yeah. don't know <laughs> so yes Definitely weirdest story of the week, I think. Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly my thought. Odd. Um, so we'll, we'll see where that goes, but yes, odd. There's also, have you caught up with the Muppets yet on Sky no, 1? No, no. Um, I'm probably not going to like that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, it's... It's actually been quite good fun, that show, but um, they're not entirely happy with it at ABC. Uh, It's got some extra episodes added to the run, but they're not entirely happy with the way things are working at the moment, which has resulted in uh, Bob Bob Cushel, who co-developed the show with Bill Prady, who uh, Bill Prady's like a huge bigwig that's the guy behind Big Bang and, you know, various other big shows over there. Mm. Um, But... 
uh, Bob Cushel's been cooked, been kicked out as the showrunner, possibly going to be replaced with Kristen Newman, who was one of the exact producers behind the set, that 70s show, Chuck, How I Met Your Mother. So she's got a fairly high pedigree behind it. Yeah. Um, apparently the plan is to for the show to go on hiatus after episode 10. It's then going to come back for six more episodes later in the year. So they're going to retool it slightly. I don't know exactly what that is. They, they think maybe some of the more adult humor stuff isn't quite working and maybe we will go back to being more the um traditional kind of muppet show as it was uh yeah when when we used to enjoy it as children i don't i don't know i i think it works okay but um i think maybe they're looking to focus it more around the studio and the guests and special guests and playing with that more rather than all the lives of the muppet stuff that they've been putting in um, I just wonder if it's a bit of a fad. I mean, like, everyone gets maybe. really excited about it. So they'll watch the first two episodes and then they kind of realise we're watching puppets. We're, we're not watching, not there's anything wrong with puppets. No. But we're, we're watching the Muppets. Yeah. Do you know but, what I mean? But, Once it's sort of like worn off. I don't know. I, well, maybe. I, I, I don't know. But I, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what they do with it if they are going to try and retool it and whether that kind of brings more people in or whether that kills it. I don't know. Um, but uh, I mean, it's getting reasonable numbers. Mm. So, you know, it's just not quite working the way that they want it to. But it's owned by Disney and Disney own ABC, so they can basically yeah. do what they like with it. And if they want to completely play around with it and do something can, else yeah. they can and you know if it works they can bring it back if it doesn't work they can bring it back you know and try something else with it for in a second season if they wanted to so we'll see but how did, how well did the um second i mean I know there's been lots of films but the second like recent film it did go, fairly well i mean it didn't do as well as the first film but it yeah. did reasonably well i believe so because I, I i saw the first one that's like the, of the other new batch and really i really enjoyed that yeah and it was it was very much oh my god the muppets are back and everyone went and saw it yeah but i didn't really hear many people talk about the, the second, second one. one yeah but i don't know yeah I've, yeah i i don't know i i think it will i i think it's the muppets though they're, yeah. they're universally loved so i yeah. think um I, I think they've just got to maybe tweak it a bit and and yeah. make sure that, it, yeah. that it's right I wouldn't, not that it, that it would ever go over there but i wonder whether it would work better on like bbc one or something like that you know like on a saturday on a, on a doctor who type slot i i think yeah it probably it probably would i don't know what they're running it over there i think maybe they've pitched it slightly too heavily towards the adult audience and not mm. towards a family audience possibly I think that may be the problem. Yeah. Um, and maybe they're looking to, to pull it back a bit. Um, I, I think that may be where, they, where they're going with it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's it's going to run for, as I say, 10 episodes. Then they're going to break it and they're going to run six episodes later in the year. Cool. So, so yeah. Um, and then there's some um, cancellation and renewal changes. Uh, Blind Spot has already been renewed even though it hasn't aired over here yet. as on the uh, 24th of November at 9pm yeah. on Sky Living it comes over here that's the one with uh, Lady Sif naked in a bag uh, it looks uh, fantastic Andy it Garfield. looks really good yeah it's getting it's basically the, the highest rated or second highest rated after um, the, the your thing with uh, James uh, Blacklist um, yeah yeah uh, it's it's either the, it's either beaten blacklist now or it's just behind blacklist. So it's M- NBC are, are 
obviously going to renew it. Um, yeah. So it's doing really well. They're, they're very similar in tone, I think, those sort of shows. Uh, Blacklist has been great as well since it's been yeah. since been back. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to Blind Spot because um, I I really like it's uh, what's his face from Strike Back, and I really like that guy. So uh, and and I think she's great as well. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Should be really good. Uh, so that's been renewed for a second season. Uh, Z Nation, which uh, runs on Pick TV over here, that's got a third season. Um, it's, it's a zombie show, but I haven't got around to watching it yet. Yeah. Oh, are you watching? Do you do The Walking Dead? I can't remember. No, we're, I kind of gave up season three again. That's another one that I I should go back to. Yeah. Um, but it was just got very very. Yes, Jamie. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's worth going back to this. The current season has been amazing, really, okay. really good. So I, I really uh, would would go back to that. NBC have also renewed Chicago Fire and Chicago PD, which I know lots of people will be quite happy about. Mysteries of Laura has got an extra three episodes this season as well. And uh, over on the UK side, Storage Hunters UK and Alice da- Alan Davis Yet Untitled uh, has got renewed as well. Um, I've seen a couple of episodes of the Alan Davis show. That's really quite funny. That's basically a group of people sat around a table like you would in a pub just telling stories to each other. Um, uh, you know, or they, 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 and they, they're just chatting and the idea is that they come up with the title for the show by the end of, of them, them chatting for sort of half an hour. But it, it is, it's, it's sort of an interview kind of format with a bunch of, with Alan Davis and a bunch of, you know, semi-famous people and yeah. just talking. Um, and and you know telling stories about sort of various things they've done or things that have happened in their life, and uh, and yeah, and then they come up with the title for the show at the end of it. But nice. um, it, it's really quite good. It's uh, Dave, I think they ran on. Um, so, but yeah, worth worth going to check if you particularly if you like Alan Davis, it's definitely cool. worth going looking at. Um, so yes, so that's the news for this week. Uh, next up, we have another interview. <laughs> The interview this week is with uh, composer Abel Korzenowski, I believe <laughs> that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, hopefully I got that out. Apologies, Abel, if that was wrong. But um, he is the Golden, Golden Globe-nominated composer who received two Emmy nominations for his work on Penny Dreadful, uh, which is uh, Sky Atlantic's show, which stars Joss Hartnett and Eve Green and uh, Timothy Dalton. Um that's been a really good show as well. Um, if you caught any of those, Chris, I love Penny Dreadful. Yeah. I am a massive Penny Dreadful fan. Just yes. fantastic. Um, he's, uh, but this is the guy that does all the music for it. He's really interesting person to talk to because um, he's Polish and and you know has so has a very different kind of background to a lot of the American composers we talk to um he's very very much against things like um uh, using kind of samples and stuff for things he likes to do everything with with live real instruments so um there's there's quite a number of conversations about sort of using that in it he's recently done or a few years ago did the music for a single man uh the tom ford film starring uh, colin firth and julianne moore yeah the score that he did for that caught the attention of madonna 
Um, so she asked him to write the music for her feature film WE, which uh, received a Golden Globe nomination for. He then went on and orchestrated some tracks of the last couple of albums. So he's got a few kind of interesting stories of of uh, how it was sort of working with Madonna and uh, and. Uh, dealing with uh, sort of creating live music for her and that sort of stuff. So uh, this is the interview with Abel. Um, it's about 30 minutes long. We'll see you afterwards with some air dates. Hello, Abel. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, very well. I'm, I'm ready if you are. Yeah. Where are you based today? Are you, you over in LA? I'm in, in LA, yes. Yes. Okay. You, uh, how long have you been over there? Because you're obviously not native to, to LA. So. I'm not, no. Uh, it's been 10 years now. Wow. What sort of inspired your move over there? I'd say it's pretty normal a reason. Uh, well, uh, Hollywood has always been a mecca for for filmmakers and, and for film composers as well. Yeah. So just as soon as I, I felt ready to move and uh, had enough of orchestral scores, I, I just started exploring and, and looking for an agent here. Uh, so uh, yeah. that's the yeah. reason. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the same reason I guess a lot of people end up in L.A., the the main reason you're you're on today, of course, is is to talk about uh, as well as generally about about your career is is uh, Penny Dreadful, which is is the show that you're probably best known for over here. I would have thought. Is that your first foray into TV? Yes, it is. And I couldn't see much difference from uh, comparing to working on a on a feature film, probably because of the of the level of production that it's is basically filmed and and made in exactly the same way the actors are just first yeah first rate uh john logan's writing is just to something to die for (laughs) and the the only difference is probably the extended amount of time that that it takes that i'm basically out of anything else for five to six months yeah and this is very interesting because obviously this is a long distance comparing to to a film. Yeah. And uh, having a chance to work on something for so long gives a, a very unique opportunity to get deeper into th- themes. You know. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting, especially for multiple seasons when I can have another look at the same theme. It's similar to uh, to to a viewer. You know, you you watch a show that you like. But season one is always kind of feeling things, you know, yeah. how are we going to do that? Yeah. And once you feel the ground and it's the same for for the actors, for for everything, uh, in fact, it's usually much more mature yeah. on season two. And even reading the scripts, you've already known the characters, the how they look on the screen. Yeah. It's so easy to imagine them. Yeah. You, can always almost hear, let's say uh, I read a part of Ethan's dialogue and I can easily picture Josh Hartnett, you know, yeah. the way he pronounces his lines and, you know, how he behaves. So it, it becomes much more, uh, I don't want to say predictable, but it's no longer a guessing game, you know, how yeah. it will, uh, you know, in a feature film, uh, you, you only have this chance when you work on a franchise. Right. Yeah. And and it's a very powerful device to to be able to make just a slight reference 
yeah. to something that you already know from, you know, not the same movie, but the one before. It's, yeah. it's, it's something. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Very different, and I enjoy it very much. <laughs> yeah. Have you found working on TV shows? Because I know, I mean, I know the TV can be very crazy with their scheduling and stuff but i imagine with a show like penny dreadful that it's not quite as bad as as your sort of standard um u.s procedural sort of things you know no it's not uh, because we have excellent producers in very experience on on shows like the borgias or the tudors yeah and it's it's everything is like, like a, clock, a clockwork yeah, you know, everything is really uh, well synchronized and and makes it uh, both easier and efficient to to work uh, on on long distance. Yeah, in every sense of this word, because the whole production is scattered <laughs> around the world. Yes, yeah. in Dublin, I write in LA. Uh, we're mixing in uh, Toronto. <laughs> where editing is, it's it's really all over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, goes all, it goes everywhere. When you're recording the stuff, are you are you, uh, are you using a full orchestra for for this? Because it is a it yes. is a big kind of orchestral sort of piece. So, um, are you conducting that yourself, or are you using other people? Or yes, I do. I conduct myself, and uh, it's is probably the most rewarding part of of my work to be actually with with the players in the room and get the the final sound. Yeah, and uh, most of the time, uh, before going into recording session, I have to provide electronic demos, so called mockups. Right. Yeah. The producers for uh, the director. And for these, we composers use uh, synths, samples. Yeah. And it's an approximation of the orchestra. But to my ears, it's really painful to work with this because <laughs> it, it, it never it never comes close to, to the real thing. It's, it's a little like with, uh, with a real actor and a CG rendering. Yeah. Remember the, this movie Beowulf? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, they had Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. In there, and you know, you you kind of rec- kind of recognize the features, you know, that, that <laughs> yeah. it looks the same, but you yeah, know, yeah, the, the whole magic is yeah. it's just not not there. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, so when you, when you start actually composing the the pieces yourself, um, what's your kind of go to instrument to to start and 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 work on something? I don't think in terms of uh, starting um, from an instrument, it's, it's more, it's rather looking for a theme. Yeah. Uh, the right theme to correspond with, with the scene and then instruments kind of follow, which, right. are, which would be best to, to realize that. Uh, probably because of my Eastern uh, European heritage, I, I lean towards uh, 
a string orchestra. Yeah. So there's a lot of violins and cellos in in my music always, but but we have uh, everything everything else too, and uh, plus some electronics whenever there's some extra need to yeah. stand low end or. <laughs> And and we also do a lot of uh, scary uh, stuff with with acoustic instruments to uh, for you know for scary scenes. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's that seems to be the 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 sort of fun side of, of working on something which is is more kind of horror based. Is you you get to play around a lot more with with weird kind of instruments or, or play thing play play with things in a in a different way than you would traditionally maybe yes it's it's basically uh using classical music avant-garde from the 60s yeah and these are all the devices that were invented at that time so it's really you know it's nothing new yeah <laughs> it's it's been done before what i try to do, do different is to to actually include those elements in uh something that you would call a regular musical piece so so you have a theme that yeah. you can recognize and yet one of its elements may be something scratchy and scary but it's not only that you, you may have both melody and, and harmony which, which gives you structure and at the same time a, a, a coloristic element yeah yeah when you're picking up Themes. Are you writing themes for specifically for individual characters, or does it tend to be um, just overarching things for certain episodes? Or how are you? How do you approach that? Sometimes it's characters. Sometimes it's ideas. Yeah. For example, we have a, a theme which which associated with a pact between our characters. You yeah. Know, and once they sometimes they fell apart and and then when they come together we use this theme this is their right. bond yeah other times uh, i use uh, character specific themes like for the the creature dr frankenstein's uh, <laughs> yes beautiful kid kid <laughs> and uh, some of the themes like like mina's theme from season uh, 1 kind of transformed into something else to mean something more than just a character. Yeah. Uh, and it, it transitioned into things that we lost in the past. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a, a nice array of, of uh, uh, ideas and characters. Yeah. And as you say, with, with, two, um, with two seasons already, it gives you that nice opportunity to be able to kind of build on, on things that you've already started. And yeah, like you say, we didn't mean it's theme to, to kind mm. of transfer it, it and stuff, which is, is great. And um, are you writing for season three? I'm assuming there is a season three. Are you writing for season uh, three? There is season three, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I should start around December. Okay. Uh, although I already wrote, uh, I think one one cue for for something that will be played uh, on screen. Uh, but the ma majority of my work st starts uh, around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I can't wait for for season three. Given the, even without revealing anything, uh, the finale was so wide open. Yeah. The characters uh, spreading all over in. You know, yeah, that it's inspiring to wait for this kind of expansion suddenly from 
just London yeah. to the whole world. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it, it, uh, it'll be good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's such a great show. Um, uh, you know, wonderful to be involved with. I'm sure. But um, just just going on to to a bit a bit more about you. How, how did you get into composing music in the first place? I come from a, a very musical family with yeah. uh, centuries of tradition, <laughs> and uh, so uh, I didn't have much choice as to. Uh, <laughs> become a, a musician as well yeah. and uh, I got my cello at the age of six around that time wow my mom was uh, also a cello player in opera yeah and uh, opera was my old childhood I I basically grew up there and uh, she would take me to rehearsals instead of you know going to a <laughs> kindergarten so uh, sometime in primary school, I, I really got involved in, in making short films with a friend of mine and films just became a big obsession and, uh, and I just wanted to, to write music for them. And we kept doing this uh, and uh, then I started working, got my first professional assignment in a live theater. Right. And this strengthened my desire to write film music even more because, you know, the difference between being classical composer for uh, concert music and film and theater is that you write your music and it's recorded immediately yeah it's almost like an instant fulfillment yeah. you know yeah. that, that you that you know what you've done it's very important for the any artist to grow and i felt that this just gives me so much uh, more uh, in terms of development that you know that i can learn so much more if i just don't write to to my drawer and is actually being performed next week or <laughs> next day yeah it's, it was really something very tempting and i decided to study classical composition to give me more education to to do just that and uh, i graduated under our great polish master christopher penderecki that you that, uh, his film music fans know his music from shining for example right. it was, yes it was, you know even though he He's not exactly a film composer. His uh, music is just all over uh, films. Yeah. And then I went back to to actually scoring for feature films in Poland. And uh, yeah, um, you've there, there were a couple of uh, projects in your sort of back catalogue which which particularly interested me. One one was um, you you did a score for Metropolis. Um, yes. And I see, I haven't seen that film probably. I, I remember seeing it at, at uh, in college about twenty years ago, um, and I saw a four-hour cut of it, which with a guy playing sort of dual kind of organ keyboards live for four uh -huh. hours. I mean, the, oh. the poor guy was just sweating when I. I mean, he was like melted puddle by the by the end of it. It was phenomenal. I mean, it was an amazing performance, but. Oh, how did you get involved with that? Was that what was that for? Because I just noticed it, noticed it on your um, IMDb. Yeah, uh, there was a, a silent film festival in Krakow, Poland. Right. And uh, a friend of mine was was producing this festival, and he asked me to you know that it would be really great to do something big for uh, 
for one of the editions. Yeah. And he basically offered any kind of orchestra I would like, <laughs> choirs, and a 147-minute version of the film. Right. Which, was, um, which had just been found uh, at the time in, in Germany. Yeah. So it was six months of writing for me. Yeah. And uh, incredible challenge given that I couldn't communicate with uh, a director yeah. in yes. any other way than through the picture itself. Yeah. But it, it also gave me a, a great opportunity to kind of see how much I can change the perception of a scene with music and how can I make something that could look, you know, old at times, yeah. right? Yeah. Because it's, you know, we, we, we matured in, in how we, we shoot films, how we tell our stories visually, yeah. how, uh, especially in, in acting, right, of the uh, yeah. expressionist film. Right now it can be, okay, that's, that's too much. And, <laughs> and so, so given a beautiful film like this, I, I really wanted to, 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 to make it uh, more modern and uh, especially dealing with long dialogue scenes. Yeah. Or, Long subtitle, <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, uh, title card scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a, a big challenge, but but yeah, the uh, the premiere was a great success uh, at the festival. Unfortunately, there's only an archival recording of uh, of that performance. Yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't secure rights to to release it commercially. So Such a shame. It, it just uh, yeah, it, it was not possible. Yeah. Uh, but we we have some live performances of this suite from Metropolis from time to time, and uh, we've had a couple of screenings as well with with the orchestra. So oh, cool. it, it, it it happens from time to time, but it's uh, ver it's a very very expensive project. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. As uh, as live projects go, yeah. No, I mean it's a fascinating thing to get involved with I, i'm sure um it, it's a it's a interesting and incredible um film you know <laughs> to, yes. to to work with so um the the other thing which i i really have to ask you about is um working with madonna um because sure. you you got you how, how did you get involved with that and, and and what what was what was the nature of of the the project you were doing uh, Madonna loved my music for a single man for Tom Tom Ford's yes, movie, which was my uh, biggest break breakthrough. Yeah. And uh, receiving a phone call from Madonna's people is <laughs> like the, the greatest thing ever. You know what what you, what you mean? She called. <laughs> yeah. She asks about contact information. So uh, it was a. Uh, a big adventure from, from 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 the beginning because even our our first meetings I was very intimidated you know every <laughs> would be and 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 she turned out to be she appeared a, a very different person that who you see on on stage right yeah yeah like uh, suddenly not a performer but yeah. more a director yeah it's a, it's a different a very different thing and it turned out that we communicate quite well and uh, then then we s started working and actually I needed to do one one thing that, that that's uh, that's quite unusual we had to do a live demos of, of many of the cues so basically 
right. I had to uh, hire a small string quintet right. and just get them in the room and record part of the score with them to kind of mock up a real orchestra. This is, this is the element that we talked about at, at the beginning that samples and this synthesizers are not great in, in uh, demoing emotional music. Yeah. They're fairly okay, you know, if you want to do an action cue yeah. and yeah. you have, you know, some instrument playing da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you know, yeah, with yeah, some yeah. rhythmic stuff. It's, you know, you, you can get the adrenaline. You can get the feeling, but uh, once you get into judging, does it affect me? Is it yeah. is it deep enough in my heart? It's it, it's very difficult. So so we we started doing uh, live, live demos, and it was a, a way to go. And then we recorded We in London in Abbey Road. <laughs> nice. And uh, Madonna was present all the time. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember she, many times she, she was riding a bike to the studio. <laughs> it, it, it was really incredible. You may know that, that she's incredibly fit. Yes, yes. I mean, looking at her at the concert and uh, anybody doing what, what, she, what she does on, on the stage would have to be fit. Yes. But she, but she really works out uh, every day and... Uh, and plus this bike, you know, she was, you know, a, a cop, uh, obviously sunglasses and, uh, and a car uh, uh, behind her. But, <laughs> but this was definitely uh, fun to work with someone, so, uh, someone like this with a, a very different perspective. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if she had worked with a large uh, symphonic orchestra yeah. before, but it was Definitely, sometimes a, a clash of different ideas, and uh, I don't mean a clash in a in a bad sense. I yeah. mean that you know approach that you you wouldn't think about something, right? Yeah. yeah. Because you're used to working this way. Yeah. And sometimes a person who has uh, who comes from another world may have a, a very fresh view on, on certain things. One of those points that I really appreciate was that she didn't like when I was changing a theme, when I was developing a theme. Right. Because it's not what you do in a song, right? You yeah. have a very defined structure. Yeah. And uh, on the other hand, modulation development is something very typical for a film composer for or for yeah. a classical composer for, for the matter. So once... I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. It makes you think first why <laughs> and uh and second how I do that, how I you know how I make a theme that you won't get bored with. Yes. Right? Because yeah. it it is what what it comes down to that when you listen to an ABBA song, yeah, there goes an intro. Yeah. And man, it's so catchy, right? <laughs> yeah. The very beginning. And it's yeah. just an intro. Then they start with a, a verse and you just, you're totally in love. Yeah. And you're not even at the chorus. Yeah. It made me thinking that it's a different state of mind if you try to write a theme that, that would be so memorable and immediate that yeah. you don't need development for it. Yeah. That once you hear it, you just want to hear it again. Yeah. And there's no need to, to change anything. So, yeah. so, so this was a, 
kind of uh, surprising, mind-opening yeah. uh, artistic experience. Yeah. Has, has any of that, that sort of experience bled back into your, your other work now? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, yeah. I just start, start, started looking for this kind of uh, strength and immediacy in any theme I write. Yeah. It doesn't hold you you know yeah. immediately is it grasping it's uh, all about uh kind of charisma yeah yeah no absolutely i as a person that's that's so used to writing those sort of three minute pop tracks com- or mm-hmm. compared to to something you know you stuff that you do which is is much longer form in most cases so yeah it, that's that's really quite interesting and that 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 you end up bringing that back across as well Yes, but but then if you if you look, uh, look at the greatest achievements in film music history, like yeah. uh, yes. I don't know, The Godfather, yeah, you you can kind of trace the same type of thinking, right? Yeah, that, yeah that no, you totally. Have a thing that it's so formed, yeah, and and perfect that that it really you don't have to change it and, and modulate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get. I, I yes, I guess that's true. You think of a lot of. Um, well, I mean, John Williams is the obvious one. The the, the a lot of those you can yeah. sing three notes of that, and you you know of any of his themes, and you kind of yeah. know what or, it is. Or Ennio Morricone. Yeah, yeah, upon absolutely. America, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And oh, uh, and uh, continuing Madonna's story, it actually extended our cooperation, extended past the film. Yeah. itself because uh, she invited me to uh, collaborate on on two of her last albums oh, cool. to orchestrate uh, some, some of the songs for her yeah so so we had a, a chance to to meet again in uh, in the studio and you know it was uh, an exceptional experience to have Madonna in my house <laughs> and uh, at one time uh, I hired a, a violin player. <laughs> was there with us in yeah. the other room and we were doing writing music live right. demoing live yeah. so uh, I'll tell you how it worked well, let's say I had a theme right that I was presenting to to Madonna yeah. but I knew she, she will have some some notes and she she will want some changes yeah but we already had demoed this theme with live instruments right yeah so if I made a change to the theme, I would not have had the recording anymore. Right, yeah. Right? Okay. I would need to present it with samples, which was yeah. and not a good option for, yeah. for, for this. So, yeah. so I had this violinist in the other room. <laughs> and basically, any change we were making, I was translating it to musical notation immediately, <laughs> printing <laughs> uh, in the other room, she she was playing it immediately to the click that uh, the violinist that she heard in her headphones. Right. But Madonna couldn't hear the click in our room. Right. So the result was like you know changing a few notes. <laughs> da 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 da. You know uh, something was happening. Yeah. And then we will go go in play and record. And we would hear a live violin <laughs> playing this very thing. It was uh, it was incredible, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. 
no, uh, that's that's uh, fascinating. Do you know if you're if you might be doing any more work with her or? Oh, I would love to. Yes, yeah. I, I hope she she'll get back to to filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Um, we've been on about half an hour. We have, I have one final question uh, that, that we always ask when we, we talk to composers and, and actors and stuff. Uh, because we cover a lot of TV shows on, on the site that I run and the podcast, one of the things we always ask is, are, are there any shows that you watch um, that you are a huge fan of, either because of the music or because you just because you love the shows? Or Many. <laughs> Many. There's... Uh... We live in a golden age of TV, and, and it's just a great thing to be able to watch something engaging uh, every day. Yeah. Right? And uh, my favorite shows, uh, so many. The Vikings, for example. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love it so much. It's, uh, it's so violent, but so, <laughs> I don't know, there's something, something in it. Uh, Dexter, uh, Boardwalk Empire. Yes. Yeah. Well, many, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, there, is there any show... Yeah, or two, obviously. <laughs> oh, well, of course. Is there any, any show out there you would, you, you would love to be able to, to kind of get hold of to, to write a score for? Uh, frankly, I'm not looking for new, new, new TV shows because it's, uh, it's such a big commitment that yeah. kind of having Penny Dreadful is perfectly enough <laughs> you know and uh i i try to con concentrate on future f films right now i'm working with uh, lee tamahori on um emperor yeah with uh adrian brody oh cool yes uh it's a it's a very nice historical movie so uh yeah it's uh yeah. stick to the one tv show and then and then uh write uh write movies yes i don't know how uh, how uh composers who do yeah. multiple tv shows do uh, that i mean i know but i uh <laughs> no it's it, i don't think they uh, sleep <laughs> i don't think they sleep i think they <laughs> they must just i don't know drink yeah. lots of coffee and just be up yeah. all night you you become the walking dead no matter <laughs> yeah <laughs> also a fantastic show <laughs> alright um, thank you for coming on and, and talking to me I, I shall let you get back to your day um, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing the, uh, the third season of Penny Dreadful come out it will be uh, very good I, I love the score for it, it's fantastic so. thank you Dave yeah, no problem um, I, I look forward to talking to you again at some point uh, thanks so much, it was so. my pleasure too <laughs> alright, brilliant, bye bye so that was the interview with Abel. Hope you enjoyed that. Here are some air date updates. First one we have, um, which is not entirely confirmed, but we think this is probably correct. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3 on Channel 4. It looks like it's going to arrive, we think, fairly early in the new year. We did originally think that it might come out kind of towards the end of this year but i think probably what they're doing is they're they're trying to run it as a as a solid block rather than put the break in i hope it's too long it's too long a wait <laughs> uh, it is it, it is quite a wait particularly for that sort of show and i may i wouldn't have done it that way but you know I, it does seem that that's where they're aiming for um mm. So, yeah, that, that'll be back, I think, early in the new year. Uh, Agent Carter, however, um, this is slightly odd because Agent Carter usually in the US runs in, the, in that, that break. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Agent Carter season two will be running in January. 
um, quite close to the US air dates. So we're probably going to end up in a situation where Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are actually running at the same time in the UK rather than in the break, uh, which is how they're designed to run. So hopefully that doesn't mess anything up in terms of, you know, um, I, I think there's not usually much crossover of plot, but, you know, we'll, hopefully that doesn't cause problems. Bones season 11 is going to be coming January this year. Uh, that's one of the shows that kind of jumped around a bit. Uh, it's been January, I think, the last few years, but it used to run in autumn as well. So it's jumped around a bit, a little bit. Had hoped that might arrive a little bit earlier because there is a crossover episode with Sleepy Hollow randomly. Uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, there are rumours as well that this might be the final season of Bones as well. So um, we don't know yet. Uh, it certainly might be the final season of Sleepy Hollow if those numbers don't improve. So, <laughs> so uh, yes, there is a there is a crossover episode, but that so that's going to be kind of slightly messed up because we're going to get. The, we're not going to get them like anywhere near each other by the looks of things. January for that. Uh, Gotham season two, February, they're saying for the season two over here. Uh, that's on Channel 5. Again, I think that may be to take breaks out of it um, more than anything else, but it's going great guns in the US. The, the mm. villain of the week stuff seems to be going down very, very well. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to that coming back. And uh, Outcast, which is uh, another comic book one. This is the uh, based on the comic book by Robert Kirkman, who's the guy behind The Walking Dead. It's uh, about a young man played by Debonic Possession. Uh, coming to Fox, it'll be coming some point in the spring. We don't know exactly when yet. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be coming to Fox at some point in the spring, they've said. That's so, a must-watch. We've just... Volume 2 of the graphic novels uh, came out last week or the week before. Uh, they just finished reading that. It's fantastic. Outcast is amazing, so it's worth seeing. Cool, yeah. I I don't know the books, but I am quite looking forward to that because you know, Walking Dead guy behind it, got to be worth it. That's it. That's it. And um, Sneaky Pete, I'm really happy about this. So, uh, Sneaky Pete who got picked up for a full season. Um, they you can go onto Amazon Prime right now and watch the first episode of it. This is a show about a con man starring Giovanni Ribsy, who steals the identity of his uh, quite annoying ex cellmate uh, when he leaves prison because he's trying to sort of fly under the radar to escape a furious mob boss played by Brian Cranston. Um, so. It's actually developed by Brian Cranston, this show. So he he actually only shows up in a cameo kind of towards the end of that first episode. But I suspect he'll be in it a little bit more uh, for the full season. But I uh, I really, really liked it when I watched the first episode on Amazon Prime. So I'm glad they've given that a full season. That's coming at some point next year, but we don't know exactly when yet. Cool. And uh, also uh, picked up today, it looks like if you're an Alan Partridge fan, Mid Morning Matters is coming back on the 8th of February next year, uh, according to uh, one of the uh, writers on Twitter. So so he's been very specific about it, so he may get in a lot of trouble for that. But uh, yes, uh, 8th of February, it looks like that's coming back. So there's a second season of Mid Morning Matters. I think it's only a second season anyway. Uh, so that will be coming back as well. Next week on TV, things to watch out for, uh, Frankenstein Chronicles, this 
Spacey's stars uh, Sean Bean in a version of the Mary Shelley classic that's coming to ITV Encore tomorrow night that's the 11th of November at 10pm I'm, I'm, I've got so much stuff to watch at the moment I'm struggling to actually fit any new things in right now so yeah I, I probably won't get round to watching that in all honesty but uh, yeah I, the, that's that's coming on it's on ITV Encore uh, Peep Show season 9 the final season of Peep Show is coming on tomorrow night start, that starts on channel 4 that's at 10pm there is a show called Josh coming on BBC 3 tomorrow night at 10.30 stars Josh Widdicombe as a gingerhead young man often found on panel shows uh, gets his own comedy show starring him as Josh so uh, yes this is uh, this is Josh Widdicombe who's uh, very very funny on the last leg um, and uh, so if you, if you like him that's his uh, sort of sitcom type show I think um, The Last Panthers which has been trailered everywhere uh, that starts on the 12th of November on Sky Atlantic. So that, that's a sort of Anglo-French heist thing about um, about the the last of the uh, Panther, Pink Panther based theme uh, thieves. So uh, that could be quite interesting. Scorpion season two starts on ITV2. That's on the 12th of November at 9pm. There's a show called The Wanted starting on BBC One that's at 9.15 randomly uh, follows real policemen tracking down real villains in real streets in Manchester and Leeds so yeah there's a million of those sort of shows out there but if you want yeah. to see it then there you go I'm a celebrity get me out of here season 15 ITV 9 o'clock on the 15th of February if you fancy a bit of Anton Deck and have been missing them off the TV screens you can watch some very very minor Z-list celebrities eat bugs mm. for a week and a half or whatever it is um, yes I really the the funniest thing about that show is Anton Deck because they really don't seem to care and they seem to be very either hungover or, or very you know yeah. whenever they're, they're kind of on it and it's the, I could quite happily just watch the bits in between without ever seeing a celebrity on that yeah um, yes <laughs> God uh, yeah, exactly um Longmire season four starts on TCM. That's on the 15th of November at 7.30. So that's back. And that's, I think we said last week, that's been renewed for another season by Netflix, who are the people that are making it now. But I think it's still airing on TCM over here. Continuum season four, that'll be the fourth and final season. That starts on the 17th of February at 10 p.m. I'm quite looking forward to that being concluded and coming back and Into the Badlands comes to Amazon Prime on the 17th of November as well uh, that's uh, the uh, martial arts warrior um, story that um, I pointed out to, to you a couple of weeks yes. ago Rob, nice. yes, so, you uh, did. yes so that looks quite good I'm quite looking forward to, to seeing that and seeing how that goes so uh, that's everything for this week so if you want to get in touch with us you can come to the website at geektown.co.uk and find all the latest day dates throughout the week you can email us at podcast at geektown.co.uk you can leave us a message on the website post you can get us on twitter at twitter.com forward slash geektown or you can find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown that's everything for this week we shall be back next week we'll see you then bye bye bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 